Hello, I'm Anna Bogutska. And I'm Clarice Lockery. And this is The Next Supremes, an American Horror Story rewatch podcast. In this episode, Sister Jude hires a famed Nazi hunter, Lana escapes from Briarcliff, and the real identity of Bloody Face is revealed. I feel like we need to add a chon-chon-chong sound effect (laughs) after that. Okay, so after the intense heaviness of last week's episode, we almost get back to American Horror Story craziness. because. A lot of stuff happens in this. Yeah, I would say it's still it's like still grim for the for three mm. quarters of the episode, and then like ten minutes before the end, it's like I'm back. <laughs> silly, silly, crazy, stupid. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> like it's really weird. I swear, there's like there's just a moment, and it is about three quarters of the way through this episode where it just like the mood instantly changes. Do you know what? I know exactly the moment and I cannot wait to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But let's get to it. Let's get through <laughs> the grim stuff first. Yes. Okay. So Sister Jude goes to visit a Nazi hunter uh, in order to hire him to ascertain whether Dr. Arden is in fact, was in fact a Nazi doctor by the name of Hans Gruper. This is an interesting encounter. Again, kind of quite quite straight, quite sober. He explains the Parisian paperclip to her. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mishmash both of these key things in this one point for us to discuss. And the other kind of key point is that Anne Frank, who we last see at the end of the previous episode confronting Dr. Arden at gunpoint, is revealed to be a woman called Charlotte Cohen, who is suffering from postpartum psychosis. There's a lot of stuff here. What did you make of this? Of these two very rapid turns. Yeah, the scene with the Nazi hunter is very strange mm-hmm. because it does. It, we never kind of come back to it in this episode. She just has this sort of strange conversation where he tells her all about Operation Paperclip. He seems to be there solely for the purpose of explaining Operation Paperclip as a way of making real this very this very intense accusation and kind of explaining it. I feel like maybe they couldn't afford a flashback, so they just had a man come in and explain it. Considering we know how much American Horror Story loves flashbacks, I found it strange yeah. that a man just came in and told us things. You know, we'll, we'll get to it, and this is such a tease for our insensitive historical reference of the week segment. But considering the well, the nature of Operation Paperclip, I'm actually not surprised because I imagine the flashback might actually be quite dull. It's like, oh, government bureaucrats putting stamps on visas. But, well, I guess you'll just have to keep listening to find out mm, what we're talking about. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to sell our podcast as <laughs> the podcast is playing. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm Listen into to it. the podcast you're listening to. <laughs> what did you make of the development of Anne Frank um confusing (laughs) 
weird. <laughs> Still feel really icky about it. Um, I don't think having the reveal of like, oh, she she just became she became obsessed with Anne Frank because of postpartum psychosis, because she read the diaries and then saw a play, and mm. now she thinks she's. I don't know. It just all feels very icky to me. Does the worst possible thing with its inherent ickiness, which is, right, so we've made use of this character from history, from a very painful chapter in history for a lot of people, and we're going to turn that on its head. And actually, she's not Anne Frank, but she's a woman suffering from postpartum psychosis, which is not a very discussed affliction. And it's kind of also not really going into depth with it and kind of just being like, oh, she had a baby and she went crazy vibe. I was like, "Mm, that feels like you're just making it worse. Seems just like, and movies and TV do this all the time. They sort of, they they come up with what the, they come up with what they want the character to do. And then they mm. sort of like backtrack and make and and like just like Google some some sort of psychosis or some disease that they they might have, and it's like, oh, this is why this person is coughing up blood or thinking that they're in Frank or X Y Z. You know, I feel like you can always tell where it's like the retrograde like medical diagnosis where they've like written the whole character, and then they've got how you know how can we pretend that this is a real thing? Hmm. The thing that I also wanted to touch upon was the the stylistic choice of Charlotte's flashbacks, which is that they all look like VHS recordings. And I I don't get it. I'll be honest. I'm like, I don't understand. Well, I guess is it meant to be like a home movie? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, oh, look at it's fractured suburbia. Oh, right, because it's meant to. I, I, I got the impression that it was meant to look like a a sixties sort of home movie mm. style uh, footage, and then it's sort of meant to be the yeah, just like oh, and and the fact that the house looks like you know lovely like sixties like flower wallpaper mm-hmm. um very sort of americana i don't think it makes a huge amount of sense like that was kind of the vibe it was like oh the irony of suburbia but it's not because they're having this really you know intense psychosis i actually quite like that reading i don't think it, it it's not deep <laughs> i don't know if it's particularly deep though you kind of made it make sense for me it made me think that they're trying to recreate like 60s footage because it reminded me so much of the mm-hmm. video for Lana Del Rey's an edge little anthem where mm-hmm. she's like pretending to be Jackie O. You right. know, and she's on in the car and she's like, no. <laughs> I haven't seen that video. And which is also all oh, right, but it's like it's like a um it's that same sort of like choppy, sort of degraded mm-hmm. footage. Um, but with with plenty of like JFK Jackie O references, from one <laughs> completely unrelated thing to another completely unrelated plotline. See, uh, see my very smooth segue there. 
we pick up on Kit and Grace, who are both in isolation, you know, from one another. And Kit gets pardoned from being sterilized, but Grace doesn't. But then she either gets sterilized or abducted by aliens and impregnated by them. The jury's out on which reality we're actually seeing. What did you think of this scene? Well, this I, this is kind of the moment where we go back to like, woo! <laughs> Anything <laughs> could happen. Aliens. Because, um, yeah, it's been like serious, serious, serious. Oh, here come the crazy aliens with their little fingers. They're back. Um <laughs> Well, yeah, it's just like very stereotypical alien thing because she's in her cell mm. and suddenly there's like a light like bursting mm. through underneath and it's so bright. And, and then like in the shadow of her iris, you see the little like tentacle hand things. And it's like <laughs> and gray skin suddenly... and yeah. Yeah, and like everybody's naked and, and she sees Alma and Alma's mm. like, get ready you're in for a <laughs> wild ride <laughs> um <laughs> she literally is and alma is like quite visibly pregnant as well so you're like oh oh i see where this is going we had devil baby last season <laughs> now it's we got baby. alien baby this season do you know what this made me think of this is so bad but <laughs> When we first spoke, we compared this uh, this show to The Sims. And did you, when you were playing The Sims, did you ever find the hack to get your Sim pregnant by aliens? Was it even a hack? I feel like in, was it Sims 2, you could just have an alien baby? Because you'd get abducted by aliens and then... There was a particular sort of set of things that you needed to do to get abducted and impregnated by an alien and have an alien yeah. baby. Yeah, that's what it made me think and of. And like everyone could get pregnant. It like didn't matter yes. what gender. Yes. It was just like ba- alien baby full equality. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of the many reasons why The Sims is like the best. And the aliens in The Sims kind of look like the aliens in this show. Yes. <laughs> Reference. And then like it's perfect because now the alien baby and the satan baby can grow up and get married <laughs> and make a and the satan alien baby be so cute i mean that's what Aww. would happen in the sims yes that's 100 percent what i definitely did not do in some of my weird sim houses <laughs> i know unfortunately there was not a satan baby setting in the sims but if there were people would be making their satan babies and their, their <laughs> satan and their aliens you could just make a baby and call it satan true and if you had like the making magic <laughs> expansion pack you could give the satan baby some powers and then it would be believable so speaking of satan sister satan makes a return she's uh she's been helping out dr arden slash hans grouper so sister satan has hidden away a severely disfigured shelly and hid her in a school playground well 
I feel like no, because the insinuation oh. was that she took Shelly out to the woods. But then there must be just a school nearby. That was the suggestion. Interesting. And she I... somehow like got to the school. Because I totally read it as she took her to a school because it was a win-win in the sense that she knew that some little kids would find her eventually and she, I guess, Satan liked the idea of just fucking around with little kids like that. Oh, maybe. Because she did tell Dr. Arden that she she went to the woods. But maybe she's lying because Satan loves to lie. Favorite activity. Yes. And actually took her to a school. That wouldn't make sense. The scene of the little girl finding, discovering Shelley in the playground is is quite something. I think it's I think it's like one of the most memorable scenes from the season for me. Yeah, because I like I like the mirror of how the little girl sees her and screams and then runs to the mm. teacher and then the teacher comes back with like a bunch more kids and then they all scream at the same time. Mm. It's like, yeah, quite, quite, I don't know. I don't know if it's meant to be funny, but it's a, like their reaction is kind of funny. Yeah. So then we sort of finalize the story of Anne slash Charlotte because she's at this point she's been released into the custody of her husband but he brings her back and Dr. Arden sells him on a lobotomy as a fix for all his problems and all her problems so there's so Charlotte gets lobotomized and we see her kind of, you know, be subservient and perky and made up and sort of perfectly now fitting into this role of the housewife with a newborn baby who's going to make her make her husband a martini after he gets back home from work. And Oh, yeah, because the husband's like, oh, I'm just going to go make a martini. She's like, no, no, let me make it for you. We have one last kind of big plot thread to discuss and it's a big one it is a big one (laughs) which is how dr threatstone breaks out lana at a briarcliff and takes her to his house i remember being very shocked by Mm. this scene i mean i think you know up until this point you're sort of ambivalent about Dr. Threadstone, I mean, because mm. he he seems to be very he's playing into the system and he's he's doing all these horrific things to the patients. But mm-hmm. then, you know, there's a part of you that really wants to hope, oh, maybe he's just, you know, maybe he does have like kind of a good soul somewhere in there and and he's just doing that so that he can he can get into you know get into these places and have the opportunity to to save people and and maybe he really yeah Lana's finally gonna get out even though this is episode four and like you know (laughs) it's a bit early for everything to be solved and great and and so it probably feels like something bad's gonna happen (laughs) Um, yeah when the second she gets to his house 
mm-hmm. that's immediate immediate red flags. Because his like his demeanor changes quite quickly. Like he goes from being, you know, oh maybe he's a bit duplicitous, but he seems to have good intentions to being generally creepy very intensely mm. very quickly yeah and it's sort of i actually think the scene's really well done because you have this yes. very sort of slow build-up of she says yes. oh i want to go home and he offers you know quite a reasonable explanation no we can't go mm. home because that's the first place they go looking for you mm-hmm. and then he tries to give her medication and she's mm. like he's like oh but just a big glass of de- what is it a big delicious glass of wine and you're like oh, 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 oh thank god um, yeah it's just wine <laughs> um yeah then you see the 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 nipple lamp and then you're like okay yep okay (laughs) now i see what's going on that was the moment that i was referencing earlier when i was like and we're back because (laughs) and it's a nip lamp there's a nip lamp here we go (laughs) that whole exchange i'm i love it like i'm gonna mention it here because it's not my taupe quote but that whole moment, you know, when Lana knows and Threatstone knows that she knows, but she's still trying mm. to make polite conversation. Like, oh, these are some really, this is a really nice pegboard. What a lovely rib cage. Where did you get that rib cage? <laughs> did you buy it at the rib cage store? <laughs> <laughs> I love him in the scene where he just very softly goes from I'm playing around with my prey to now I'm tired dude don't you get it yet like come on like speed up Lana yeah I mean bless her for like trying to hold it off as long as possible (laughs) (laughs) like because it's clear she's trying to buy time but you're also like what are you buying time for Lana like you're in his murder room (laughs) And there's a rib cage right next to your face. Like I feel like we're mm. past the point of of just being like, oh, I love your nipple lamp. It's great. <laughs> let's just do, let's go back to having the wine. <laughs> <laughs> so Lana falls into his uh, through his trapdoor into his kill room, his kill basement, and there's a there's a lot going on, including. A frozen Wendy and a change of outfit. Because he's he's bloody face. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't really. I I probably should have put more drama into that because this is like the biggest reveal of the season. I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> he's bloody face. If it wasn't clear enough, he is bloody face. Like literally, that is him. My favorite aspect of it is, and honestly, I'm looking at my notes right now, and I was like. Am I a psychopath as well? I do not know. Let's find out. Maybe that's the twist of this podcast. Because uh, it's all like, the pegboards are really nice. <laughs> and his kill outfit is very Hackney Lumberjack cute. Because he like, literally yeah. wears... <laughs> he changes his outfit from kind of super serious nerdy psychologist in the 60s to denim shirt with like leather overalls over it and kind of a, a workman's like blue uh, jacket over it i see that every day this has come full circle now but then 
men in Hackney, I would presume, tend not to have mint balls made out of human skulls. I would hope. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> men of Hackney, write in, tweet us in. Do you have a, a mint ball that's made out of human skull? Let us know. Have we missed off anything from this episode that we need to discuss before moving on to our categories? Well, there's one more reveal slash twist mm. right at the end. Because I remember this is one of my the most memorable things I think about the season for me mm-hmm. is is when uh, Charlotte, it's in that, you know, where she's post lobotomy and she's like, I'll just go make you a martini. Let me just uh, throw away this box of, of things like her research about Anne mm-hmm. Frank and, and the Holocaust. And then we zoom in on a picture that's still on her her um, board. And, oh, it's Dr. Arden. And he's standing right behind Hitler, which is the, probably the <laughs> most fun confirmation that you need that he is definitely a Nazi. That is a very good cliffhanger ending because Charlotte may not be Anne Frank, but Dr. Arden is definitely a Nazi. I guess it's meant to be that she saw the picture and had somehow memorized the face. Because what I'm confused a little bit by is whether are we meant to be left with the, the possibility that she was telling the truth or is she definitely, this is a form of psychosis, she isn't Anne Frank at all, but she just saw the picture. I think the way that I read it is is that she is not Anne Frank, but she accidentally stumbled onto onto the truth. Okay. Yeah. I was never quite sure whether there was meant to be sort of like a hint of doubt, but mm. I think rewatching it, it seems pretty obvious that she just saw the picture. So let's move on on to our categories and let's start with our top quote probably just when lana goes you make furniture because it's just so it's it's so just way too late by that point because she's just looking at a rib cage and yeah i don't really get why she's still trying to play i feel like instead of she had about 30 seconds to to try and maybe punch him in the face and run. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was too late to try and and play it cool at that point. Yeah, generally when at the point where you see a lamp made out of human nipples is is the point where you're like yeah, I'm I'm too late. That's there's yeah, no Yeah, I would have run on the nip lamp. <laughs> I would have been out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite one. It's not again, it's part of the delivery. It's Dr. Arden who tells Sister Jude, I believe. He says, Your ineptitude is staggering. And Ooh. I only love it because I've always wanted to say that to someone, but I'm not mean enough. <laughs> you know, living vicariously through American horror story. You can turn it into a compliment and and tell someone <laughs> your your what's the wait what's the opposite of ineptitude your your aptitude is, is stunning. 
your competence <laughs> is staggering. And there are no butts in this episode, so we get no mm-hmm. sad butt. Do we see alien butt? There's no alien butt, right? We don't see alien butt, no. But we know they we know they're naked, so the butts are out there. <laughs> ah, but we're not doing metaphorical nakedness. It has to be butt okay. on screen. <laughs> well, it's not metaphorical like they are naked. We just don't see the butt, but we know that the alien butt is there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll allow it. (laughs) And who would you say is the MVP of the episode? The aliens. The aliens are killing it this episode. (laughs) Well, I just think the fact that they managed to to turn up, they managed to get into Briarcliff is pretty (laughs) impressive. Nobody else saw. Just walked into Briarcliff, <laughs> zoomed her out of there, and then zoomed <laughs> back without anybody seeing. And now they've got even more alien babies. So they are killing it this episode. The aliens are living their best hot girl summer in 1964. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> hot girl summer. <laughs> Hot alien summer. <laughs> Hot alien summer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I'm 100% going to hell <laughs> because of this podcast. <laughs> I think my MVP is probably Bloody Face. You know, great outfit. Oh, yeah. Great peg board. Crafty and also fully had us fold for uh, a good a good chunk of the season. That's true. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Moving on to, you know, we've teased this a bit, but insensitive historical reference of the week. Operation Paperclip. And what is Operation Paperclip? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> um, well, it's basically, I'm going to do it. A really bad job of explaining this but it's basically just after world war ii and then the america american government um just invited a bunch of nazis nazi scientists to come over and and help them make the v2 rocket i mean there's a lot more to it but i i'm sure you know, I'm sure nobody wants me to go into a full history lesson about Operation Paperclip, but I've, those are the basics of it. I mean, it's a it's a fascinating chapter of history, though. Like everybody should just Google Operation Paperclip. Or I would say, if you live near London, and maybe not now because it's a pandemic, but <laughs> at some future point, uh, you can go to the Science Museum and they have a bunch of stuff about the V2 rocket. Um, oh. They don't talk a lot about Operation Paperclip because obviously that's a really shameful part of the scientific narrative. Um, yep. But they have a lot of stuff about the V2 rocket there. Museums. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> I have two small references that I picked up on. And they're both to do with serial killers. So... I think by default insensitive yeah and yeah we can just yeah (laughs) um one of them is obviously ed gein who was a serial killer who famously infamously made 
household objects from human skin. Uh, one of the things he made was lamps. And he has inspired a number of films and fiction, you know, from Psycho to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I think kind of Dr. Threatstone's Bloody Faces penchant for making decor out of human remains is is probably a nod to Ed Gein. And this is a, a, a lesser known one, but you know, maybe this is, I don't know if this was a conscious reference, but I'm going to, there was this man uh, dubbed uh, the Toy Box Killer, a real name, David Parker Ray, who did a lot of really heinous stuff. But the thing that I thought was maybe a throwback to him was the, that he had a truck that he decked out as a sort of murder office. Uh, and had like you know displayed in very highly organized tools for torturing and killing people and I thought that that kind of anal approach to his own murder tools was also present in Bloody Face. Probably I imagine that must have been intentional considering the amount of like serial killer history that is throughout American Horror Story. I feel like you can just assume that everything is intentional and everything is a reference to a serial killer from some point in history. To round off, did you pick up on any film references in this episode? Well, I have two kind of things. Mm-hmm. I The basement looks like the one from Saw. Is yes! Is my brain? Or... No! I thought so too! Yeah, it looks really similar. Yes! Just the lighting and the furniture and the the whole vibe of it mm-hmm. screamed Saw. Totally. I've never watched a full Saw movie, so I can't really add anything to that. <laughs> oh. Well, I've watched all of them. <laughs> okay. It's definitely like exactly like the the main setting of the first movie, which is all kind of in this basement and there's a freezer and it's sort of really grimy tiling. And one of both of the key characters in the majority of the film are kind of shackled by one of their feet to the floor. So it's like visually, it's almost exactly like in the first Saw. Okay, because I've watched like the first maybe 20 minutes of the first Saw and Mm -hmm. I not to make uh, have a huge hot take on this podcast, but I deeply didn't enjoy it and switched it off (laughs) and never watched any more Saw after that. So that's why I could recognize because I've seen enough of the first Saw movie to know, but then I don't know anything else about the Saw franchise. <laughs> uh, I've been on the roller coaster. That was fun. There's a roller coaster? Mm-hmm. At Thor oh. Park. Oh, wow. After pandemic times, great place to go and go on the Saw ride. There's a big Saw and the the you go in your car and you go, you feel like you're going into the Saw, but you're not. that's the right oh my god (laughs) did you pick up on anything else oh yeah well this one i didn't pick up on but i i found in my research is the wolf's head cane that dr arden carries Mm -hmm. is identical to the one often carried by barnabas collins in the dark shadows tv show ah love it i don't know i feel like maybe they just recycled the prop I don't know if they, I, but I don't know what would 
the thematic connection would be. I mean, Barnabas Collins is a vampire on that show. I don't see any thematic relationship with a Nazi doctor. I think they just found the prop somewhere. <laughs> like, this is cool. <laughs> where, where, where does it come from? Mm, don't know, just use it. So what can we expect from the next episode? In the next episode, a dark union forms between Sister Satan, Dr. Arden, and the Monsignor. What a band. Exciting. <laughs> Name a more iconic trio. <laughs> We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of American Horror Story Asylum. In the meantime, send us your thoughts on Twitter. I'm on at Clarice Lou. And I am on Anna B. Demented. Chemin en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu.